lucky I got here with all these things. How are you guys doing tonight? Who's excited for Christmas? Man, it's close. It is uh it is pretty much upon us. Uh it kind of feels like Christmas has been here since August when things started showing up in stores, but it is nice that we are officially close to Christmas. Um I have I have a, a couple really quick announcements and then we'll jump right into the message tonight. Um first announcement, this Sadly, is our last young adult service of 2023. Um, we will not be back. It's okay. Throw tomatoes. Heckle boo. Um, we will be back January 7th. January 7th, we'll be right back here, 6 p.m. Um, so make sure you guys are back. We also, second announcement, are going to go to the 1 p.m. Christmas Eve service here at Woods Edge in the pavilion. It's right through this wall, across the field, the really nice new looking building. And so um, if you don't have a church home, come and join us on Christmas Eve, December 24th, in case you didn't know when Christmas Eve was, at 1 p.m. in the pavilion. Uh, We'd love to hang out with you. Uh, Okay, tonight we're going to jump into uh, a message about Christmas. Um, And let me ask you guys a question to get started. A little feel of the room here. How many of you guys are excited about Christmas? Like you're genuinely excited to go hang out with family, see people. Okay, that's good. How many of you guys are like, yeah, I'm kind of on the line. Like I'm not sure if I'm excited or dreading going to Christmas with my family, with whoever it is that you celebrate with. It's hard sometimes, right? Christmas uh, is supposed to be this like amazing time of year, right? Like there's literally this song that says it's the most wonderful time of the year. Uh, we think Christmas is so amazing. We're like, we just can't have it in December anymore. Like we need to stretch it into all months of the year. Sooner or later, we're going to be celebrating Christmas all year long. I'm convinced of it. It's insane. But the truth is most of us don't actually experience what marketing likes to portray Christmas as. In fact, for a lot of us, Christmas can be really, really hard. Something that's supposed to be full of joy, something that's supposed to be full of life for us, ends up being something that actually makes us feel maybe more hurt and alone than ever before. Um, Joyful moments turning sideways, um, unfortunately, seems to be my life specialty, okay? Um, I'm going to tell you guys my engagement story, and it was, it was not ideal, okay? Uh, it started out to be amazing. So my parents, as I'm getting ready to graduate college, I'm dating my, uh, my future wife, Chelsea, and my parents are like, first of all, if you don't know my story, uh, well, this is a, a total another story for another time. Uh, I grew up like totally rebellious, like major drug addict, like never did anything right, barely graduated high school. So when I graduated college, my parents were like, this is a big deal. This is the only thing you've ever completed ever. And so they're like, let's do it big. So they said, hey, do you want to go to Europe? Like you and Chelsea can come to Europe. And I was like, "Uh, do you say no? Does anyone say no to that? Like, do I want to go to Europe? The answer is yes. So we planned this trip to Europe. And because I was going to Europe, people that I loved in my life came up to me and said, hey, um, you live in Springfield, Missouri. Please tell me that you are not going to go to Venice, 
Milan, Rome, Florence, Switzerland, Paris, all these places. And then you're going to come back and one day you will propose to Chelsea in Springfield, Missouri. Please don't tell us that. And I was like, ooh, okay. So they kind of put pressure on me. And so I started praying about it. I started asking people and I was like, okay, this is the time. Like I'm going to propose. So I come up with this elaborate plan. Uh, first of all, I'm from Texas. Okay. I have never been outside of the United States. And so I'm trying to figure out how to plan an engagement via Google maps. And so I'm like looking at Google maps, earth view, looking around Paris of like how I'm going to make this whole thing work out, put this plan together. And I am pumped. I'm like, dude, I am going to propose in Paris, France by the Eiffel tower. Like who gets to do that? I was so stoked. So we leave, we go on this trip, we visit all these amazing places, we get to the end of the vacation, very last day, we're in Paris, I wake up and I am so excited. I'm getting ready, I put the ring in my jacket pocket, and we go out and we start to explore Paris for the day. We get through the morning, we have lunch, and at this time, uh, it was really cold and drizzly, okay? So it's like 40 degrees, it's drizzling outside, And so we eat lunch and we're kind of hanging out, walking through a park and Chelsea's wearing like a pea coat, but it doesn't have pockets. Like who wears a jacket that doesn't have pockets? So because it's cold and drizzly, Chelsea goes to put her hand in my pocket where the ring is. And I don't know what to do. So I literally like ninja grab her hand and like throw it down out of the way. And I go, I hate it when you put your hand in my pocket. Not the right response. It was, it was terrible. She was so mad. She was so hurt. But I was like, what do I do? Like, she's going to ruin it. And I had no idea what to do from that point forward. She was so ticked. I'm like, man, I'm trying to ask you to spend the rest of your life with me. And you were like, you won't protect me from the cold. You will not provide. I'm like, all these things. I'm like, what is happening? This whole thing's falling apart. Something that was supposed to be super joyful that I was super excited about got turned upside down really, really quick. And the truth is, that's how Christmas is for a lot of us. We step into it, hoping for the best, being really optimistic. But at the end of the day, sometimes we just end up showing up at Christmas and instead of feeling connected, instead of feeling love, instead of feeling joy and peace, we feel alone and hurt and disconnected, even in a room full of people. For many of us who do have good places to go, good family, good friends, this time of year, it's easy to forget that there are so many people who are hurting and alone. So. If the reality is that most of us will not have this idyllic, perfect Christmas with the ones we love, how do we shift our perspective to see our Christmas the way God sees our Christmas? And how do we make the most of this holiday season? Today, we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter one. I don't have any verses on the screen, no verses on the screen, no slides. So if you have your Bibles, open up to Matthew chapter one. I'm going to start in verse 18. I'm reading out of ESV. If you are on a digital Bible and you want to get an ESV. Um, So the first part of Matthew, 
Uh, first of all, uh, if, if you're not uh, familiar with the Bible, the Bible's broken up into two sections, the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament uh, is before Jesus, and the New Testament talks about Jesus and his life and the start of the early church. And so in the book of Matthew, it's the first book of the New Testament, and it starts out with a genealogy of, of Jesus's lineage. It talks about where Jesus came from, how Jesus is literally from the line of Adam and how uh, the genealogy shows us how God was with his people protecting his promise to Abraham all throughout history. So we read that genealogy in Matthew chapter one and then we get to verse 18 where we have the birth of Jesus. So if you guys have your Bibles, join with me, Matthew chapter one, starting in verse 18. And it says this, Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, Son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did is the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. This is the word of God. So Joseph, uh, we don't usually talk about Joseph during the Christmas story, right? Rightfully so, Jesus usually gets the spotlight in the Christmas story. But today, I wanna talk about Joseph. See, Joseph was a guy that had nothing go according to plan. He was supposed to marry the good girl. The girl who never did anything wrong, who always had the right answer in Sunday school, who respected her parents, who followed God, who was an exemplary member of society. That, that's who he thought he had chosen. They were supposed to start a good life together, right? They were supposed to have children, raise a family on their land and get the, get the family business going, build a legacy. But in a moment, everything goes wrong. Imagine this scenario today in 2023, okay? You get married to someone. You get married and it's really early on in the marriage and you get a random text that just says, hey, we need to talk. Your stomach sinks. You're like, oh no. Your brain starts spiraling out of control. You tell yourself, ah, it might not be that bad. Don't go down that path, but you can't stop yourself. You set up a meeting, you're like, hey, let's, let's meet up, let, let's talk, and you meet up at Honor Society, right? You're sitting down across the table from each other, and you have some small talk, right? Like, it's really awkward to jump into a really tough topic, so you talk about, like, nonsense that doesn't really mean anything until finally you have nothing else to talk about, and then there's that really awkward silence before someone kind of leans across and then gives the bad news that you're there to talk about in the first place, and that person just leans across and goes, I'm pregnant. The problem is, you guys haven't really done what it takes for her to be pregnant. 
she's your brand new wife. All these things start running through your head. She can see the utter confusion on your face. She knows she needs to explain. So she tells you, hey, hey, chill, chill, chill. I I promise I didn't cheat on you. I didn't cheat on you. In fact, I'm still a virgin, um, which immediately then puts more questions in your head. You're super confused now at this point. Uh, And as like the final selling point to, hey, let's stay married. Believe me, like God is with us in this. She's like, hey, um, so I am pregnant, but I, I haven't, you know, done that. But it's the Holy Spirit's kid who is God. And so like an angel told me this. And so it's for sure legit. Like, and we're definitely good. Like it's going to be all right. Whoa. What? What is going through Joseph's mind right now? What is he feeling? What would you do? How would you be feeling? The scripture gives us a little insight into how Joseph was feeling. Verse 19 says this, and her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. After wrestling with the emotions, evaluating the situation, Joseph's like, I'm pulling the plug. I can't do this. Too much drama. Can't do it but let's read on. Verse 20, it says, but as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She'll bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son and he called his name Jesus. Joseph is thrown into this seemingly impossible situation. And everything, after everything that is said and done, he has one question to answer. And we have the same question to answer in our lives every single day. Do I really trust God? Do I really trust God? Because here's the deal. It's easy to show up at church and during worship and when I'm feeling really good to say, yeah, I do. I do trust God. It's easy when things are going good to say, I trust God. It's easy to say I trust God when relationships are thriving, when my career is on track, when college is going really well. But when life is crashing down around you, when chaos is everywhere you look and nothing seems to be going according to plan, do you really trust God? Like, really? Do do you really trust God? Do I really trust God? Am I going to grasp for control or am I going to trust God? Am I going to fear and just be paralyzed and stuck or am I going to trust God? Am I going to run to those old sinful behaviors that bring me momentary fulfillment and momentary pleasure instead of trusting God that he really can satisfy my deepest desire? Am I going to run to that girl or that guy again Or will I trust God in my singleness? Am I going to keep trying to prove my worth by striving and working harder and doing more? Or am I going to trust God with my college and my career path? When life is crashing down around you, chaos is everywhere you look, 
Do you really trust God? Joseph chose to trust God. Like in the middle of this wild situation, if you were sitting across a coffee table from someone telling you that story, would you go, oh, okay, God, I'm in this. Man, that'd be hard. But Joseph kept himself open to God's will. When he was asked to bear the shame in his society, to take on the shame of an illegitimate son and a seemingly unfaithful wife, he trusted God and he obeyed him. Why? Why why was Joseph willing to do this? Well, first of all, an angel showed up. That's kind of helpful. But in verse 21, it says this. The angel tells Joseph that he will have a son, that he will name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Joseph was willing to take on all of that shame in his current society, all of the things that people could have said. Yeah, sure, that's God's son. Yeah, sure, she has been faithful. Yeah, sure, you're a good husband, and that's why she has been so faithful to you. All of that, all of the shame, all of the disgrace, Joseph takes all of that on so God could fulfill his purpose of saving humanity from their sins. If that verbiage sounds familiar, this is what Hebrews 12, 2 says. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus literally took on the cross. The shame that came with that, the ridicule that came with that, the the punishment of the sins of the world that came with that, the shame and disgrace that comes with that. Jesus took it all on himself so that he could save humanity. He took on the shame. He endured the shame. He endured the cross because he knew the joy that was ahead, people having relationship with God. Here's what's funny. Joseph is the final foreshadowing of the coming Christ that we see in scripture. Ironically, Joseph endures shame in his society to save Jesus so that Jesus can endure the cross and take on the shame of all of humanity, including Joseph. Life comes at us fast, and it's so crazy how everything can be going good one minute, and then it feels like life has been flipped upside down the next. It's hard at Christmas time when it should be joyful, when it should be peaceful, when we should have thriving relationships that we have to struggle through the drama, and we have to struggle through people not liking our faith. We have to struggle people questioning our career path or our college path. We have to We have to walk through all that stuff and it can be difficult. But the reality is God wants to help us endure. He wants to help us walk through struggles, even take on other people's struggles so that he can use what might have been hurtful in the past to use for his good in your future or even in your present. Um, After... I ripped Chelsea's hand away from my pocket and threw it down. Uh, 
it took a little while to get back on the same page. Uh, it took us a few hours to talk through some things, but finally we went to dinner. We talked it all over. And after dinner, we walked over to the Eiffel Tower and this, there's this area that like overlooks this big courtyard that has lit up fountains that are going. And then you can see the Eiffel Tower in the distance. And every hour on the hour, there's like strobe lights that go off on the Eiffel Tower. So it looks like it's sparkling. And so we walk over and right when the Eiffel Tower starts to sparkle, I get on my knee, I take out a ring, and I tell Chelsea how much I love her. I tell her that I want her to spend the rest of her life with me so that I can take care of her, so I can protect her, so I can keep her hands warm. And what before was a source of hurt and pain, me keeping her hand away from my pocket, now in the present and looking into the future has become a source of joy. It has become a story that can be told of how funny and silly life is and how God can use the craziest situations and turn them for good. And it's a silly story, but God wants to do the same thing this Christmas in our lives. He wants to take what once was shameful, what once was despised, what once we wanted to put off to the side and hope nobody ever found out about. He wants to heal us. He wants to restore us. He wants to move in our lives so that those things can now be used for his glory, to bring hope and bring life and bring peace and bring joy. Because of Christmas, what once used to be despised and shameful is now a source of hope and life. Just like Joseph was willing to take on the shame with Mary, Jesus died to take on your shame and my shame. And our passage even tells us that no matter how bad or shameful or disgusting we might even feel, God's ultimate desire is to be with us. Verse 23 talking about a prophet from the Old Testament. So God's been saying this for hundreds, thousands of years. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Jesus left perfect heaven. I don't know how many years y'all have been here, but it's kind of messed up. And he left perfect heaven to come here as a baby and live through terrible elementary school years and junior high years and high school years and live through the awkwardness of life and having to submit to parents and get along with friends and grow up and fit. He did all of that. He submitted himself to all of that to prove that no situation can keep God from loving and wanting a relationship with you. Nothing, how terrible, how messed up, how broken, how shameful, how disgusting, whatever it is in your life that you feel might be keeping God from his affection being poured out on you. It's just not true. It's just not true. All he has is affection for you. And the Christmas story shows us that God is with us. And not only that, but through Christmas, we can be there for others. That just like Joseph endured the shame for Mary, in Jesus, and Jesus endured the shame on the cross for us. As Christians, we are called sometimes to endure 
things for other people. And I don't know what that looks like for you, but maybe that means that instead of stepping away from a conversation that starts to get a little uncomfortable this holiday season, you lean in. And in grace and in love, you, you stand up for what you believe in. Maybe it means that instead of standing up like you always do, you actually, you're just gracious and you just let a conversation happen and you don't have to be heard. You don't have to say anything. Maybe for you, it's having a conversation with a family member or a friend that you've been disconnected from and there's something that has happened that that relationship has been torn, it's been broken and the Lord wants you to endure and restore that relationship. Now hear me, okay? I'm not saying step into something that is harmful or unhealthy. Um, You need to protect yourself. You need to have healthy boundaries. I'm not saying go restore every relationship that is harmful and unhealthy for you. So don't, don't do that. Don't step into that. But the reality is, if we're being honest, most of us don't have those relationships. Most of the relationships that we're shying away from, we could step into. We could engage instead of disengaging. We could be prepared and open to have a conversation instead of being so focused on the TV while the family's hanging out. And so I just want to encourage us that is, we see that Joseph endured the shame for Jesus to save him so that Jesus could endure the shame for humanity to save us, that we are called to endure for other people. And so if you're a Christian in this place, I'm going to ask you tonight, probably a question that you've never heard before. You may never hear again, but who should you endure for this holiday season? Who should you endure for? Who is that person that you know, like God's bringing them to mind right now? Who is that person that you're like, oh, I know I should engage, but for whatever reason, you're like, oh, that is the last thing I want to do. Let's engage. Let's endure. Let's go through the awkwardness. Let's take on some struggle. Let's take on some, some pain so that people can find hope, so that people can find joy, so that people can find peace in the only person who can bring it. We're called to take on that shame and struggle and burden so that we can bring light to a dark and hurting world. And if you're in here and you've never personally experienced that, like you've never personally experienced Jesus transforming you, like from the inside out, making you a new person, um, man, that's the step for you. That is the next step saying, hey, Jesus, I love you. Uh, I-, I want you to save me. Romans 10, 9 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's that simple. And so if you've never started a relationship with Jesus, it's just a conversation between you and God. And it doesn't really matter what you say. It's the, the heart that you have that says, God, I'm done running. I'm done doing my own thing. Save me. Change me. And if that's your heart, man, he will come into your life and he will change you and you will never be the same again. I promise. And for us as Christians, man, let's go into this holiday season ready to endure for some people so they can see Jesus and experience him the way we have. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for tonight. Um, God, I pray that as we go into this holiday season, that Lord, um, first of all, we would celebrate what you've done for us. 
that you left perfect heaven to come to this earth to take on all of the shame, all of the brokenness, all of the hurt that we have to live in here and that we deserve to live in forever, that, Lord, you took that on yourself so that instead of having to live that way for all eternity, we can have freedom and we can have peace. We can have joy. We can have hope. And so, Lord, help us to experience that this holiday season. Lord, help us to see you differently. And, God, I pray that if there's anyone in our lives that we need to share what you're doing uh, in our lives with them, that, Lord, you would make that so clear. You would give us the boldness. You would give us the words to say. You would help us to engage in conversations, engage in relationships, uh, and that, Lord, you would just go before us in those and so, Lord, we would see fruit. Um, Lord, you say in your word, Lord, to pray for workers because the, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And so, Lord, right now I pray that you would send us out in the field. Lord, give us the words to say. Help us to be uh, people that bear much fruit. Lord, um, help us this holiday season to abide in you, to rest and really experience um, the peace and joy of Christmas. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.